Welcome to This American Ex-Wife. I'm Liz Lenz. I once sat on the rooftop of the Whitney Museum and drank whiskey with Morgan Jerkins and swapped stories about dating, heartbreak, and how much men don't seem to like dating women with public-facing jobs. As we talked, Morgan talked about her own experiences and noted, it wasn't the big betrayals, but the small cruelties that so often break us. That line, small cruelties, so accurately sums up so many of the small inequalities that bring resentment to a relationship. Your partner doesn't do the laundry, forgets to wipe the counters, makes comments about your body. You overlook, you forgive. Until one day, it's all too much. Morgan is brilliant, wise, offensively talented. She is the author of the New York Times bestseller, This Will Be My Undoing, as well as the critically acclaimed books, Wandering in Strange Lands and Call Baby. Morgan is one of the most insightful humans I've ever met, and she's here today to read some of your emails with me. Let's get to the show. Morgan, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to read some of these letters to you. I have been sifting through them and trying to find the right stories. When I put out the call for people's stories for the podcast back in uh, July of 2022, Mm -hmm. um, that I was a little overwhelmed by how many people really wanted to tell their stories. And I think there's just like something about breakups and divorce that I still feel like it's really hard to talk about honestly yeah um and the people really want to feel heard I think yeah yeah so okay my whole ethos for this is I'm going to read them to you we're going to pretend like the letter writer is uh, a woman in the room a person in the room they're all I believe female identifying um uh, letter writers mm-hmm. for you. Okay. And uh, and then we're just going to go. We're going to pretend like these are our best friends who are having a, a rough time. All right. <laughs> are you ready? It. Okay. Yes, I am so ready. Okay. And um, there's one woman who in my na- head I named Miranda Hobbs, but they're all anonymous. So if we have to give them a name, you know, we can just do that. Okay. Okay. So letter number one. The beginning of the end was about two years after we got married. Mm. I had one child, then two to worry about. I moved across the country, leaving a good job and all my friends and family for him. Mm. That certainly kept me tied to the marriage for at least another 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she wants out. And it's 10 years later. Mm -hmm. She says the leaving process took so long, not only in my own mind and body to process it, but I live in a red state and every divorce has to go through a one year separation. Mm -hmm. My divorce was finalized four days before the world shut down with COVID. Oh, no. I know. And and this is the thing about like divorce too, where it's just like it takes it is so hard to get divorced in America. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. just so it's so expensive. It is so hard, and people are always like, people don't respect the institution of marriage. It's like, bitch, you can't like a sixteen year old can get married easier than a forty one year old can get divorced. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, all right, so. She got divorced four days before the world shut down with COVID. Mm-hmm. This put a long, this put dating on a long-term hiatus. Mm-hmm. But during that hiatus, I was able to move through some feelings I was having about my sexuality. Oh. I had my first crush on a woman. And as we texted through the beginning of COVID, it felt like a very intense relationship was forming. Oh. She did not have my same romantic feelings, though. Um, I know, but I learned a lot about myself at the time. I then made a ridiculous decision for me and went back to dating men. An absolute mess. Then I met another woman and we had a brief relationship that was mired in the same issues I'd been having with men. Mm. After that, I didn't know who or what. Or after that, I didn't know what or who I wanted to date or be in a relationship with. So I just spent time building my relationship with myself. Then out of the blue, I met her. I fell madly in love. 
a love I had never experienced, what it looks like to be in a committed relationship with someone who loves me. Mm. It's all been eye-opening and also so true to myself in a way I didn't Mm. even know was missing. Mm -hmm. The end. That's Miranda Hobbs. What's the advice? (laughs) Dear Miranda, like, I know what it's like to uproot your life for a man. I actually met someone during the pandemic and I moved all the way across the country to support my then partner's dreams um, and grad school. So I understand what that's like. And I didn't even have kids. I wasn't even married to this person. And recovering from that relationship took massive, massive amounts of hard work. It was excruciating, um, to say the least. Um, one of the things I do worry about is when people jump into relationship after relationship. So when you said to me, us that four days after the 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 ink was dry on your divorce you met somebody else um four days after uh, the divorce covid hit so she wasn't able to date oh yeah yeah yeah. oh wait so the divorce wasn't final before covid hit or it was fine no it finalized four days before and then she was just like had this like i guess intense textual so here's the thing everybody was intense during covid (laughs) shit was scary and i used to make jokes like i had the best time texting men during covid because men tend to get their shit together when tomorrow's not promised so i met (laughs) a lot of men that were like oh i know what i want i want x y z oh okay so now you know what is what you want when an epidemic's outside okay Let's stop because we have to discuss this because you are so right. Like when apocalypse is happening and I, I have to say I had at least, uh, I, I would say five, five very serious men oh, immediately yeah. get into my DMs and, yeah. uh, and, and want and be like, I have never met you, but I would like a relationship. Cause they with you. scared. That's the thing. Yes. It's a, it it takes it takes a global pandemic for men to say what they want. But they all ghosted. Like they all ghosted. And by the way, just to make this more like salacious for uh people listening, yeah. like at least three of them are high profile. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So we'll talk about that later. Uh but anyways, um, so you had this very intense uh, conversation yeah. um, with this woman. And man, it reminds me of like the days of like, remember like AOL chat rooms and like, and all the different chat rooms you can go in and you could be as intense as you want. But the reality is you don't know that person. Um, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. If I had taken the time to known my to know my then ex outside of being kept inside all the time i would have picked up on other behaviors that were not compatible with my lifestyle um but what i'll say is like okay so now you met this woman miranda who now you you have i don't know how long i've been together that's the thing you didn't tell us how long have you been with this new person who's showing you everything that you want, which is great, but also be aware of what's called NRE, new relationship energy. This is when your dopamine is at its peak. You're horny all the time. You can't stop thinking about this person and it feels good. But remember, just like the waves of the ocean, it's going to recede at some point. And you've been through a hell of a lot with this marriage. Two kids, you wanted to be out Two years after the marriage, you stayed for a decade. Am I getting the timeline right? Yeah, yeah. So, she stayed for a very long time. Right, and 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 I'll just say this: like, I just hope that in between these relationships, that you're in situations that you're having with men and women, that you're taking some time to regroup for yourself, because irrespective of gender, dating is ghetto. You're always going to find someone who does not communicate well. You're always going to find someone that may have anxious attachment or avoidant attachment issues. You're always going to find someone who has trauma that they know that they have that sift through, but yet may disrupt what you're trying to build. You're always going to find people like that. Like that's what I've learned when I was going through my own healing journey is that everybody has a story. And everybody's working on something. 
Um, and usually when miracle, when race relationships can happen in spite of that, it's usually a miraculous thing. I'm a sap. I'm a romantic. I'm romantic. So I would just say like, think about how long you've been with this person. And as you are cultivating this relationship with what seems like an amazing woman, make sure you still maintain the relationship with yourself. What are the things that you like to do? Um, what are the things that nourish you, that fill you? And so you remember that regardless of what happens with this person or anyone else, you got you and that's more than enough. So I would just say to be mindful of like how you're centering yourself away from this woman, how you're carving your identity out post-divorce. That's huge. You know, have you had proper time to grieve that? Oh, you're going to love this next letter. I think this next letter flows exactly into what you're talking about. Okay. And so let's, let's read it. Let's just go there with this. Okay. All right. Letter number two, our letter writer says, when in my early thirties, I found myself with a kid and in a marriage that was no longer happy. I truly didn't think there was a way out. Hmm. You make your bed, you lie in it, was the refrain in my head. I was raised Catholic, and I can be stubborn. Hmm. My friends and family had suggested we were too young. We maybe needed to have more experience before we got married, but I was determined to prove them wrong. Hmm. Divorce felt unimaginable. I got myself into this situation, and I had no one to blame but myself. I ignored and denied my full, my misery for a full year before I couldn't even stomach the thought of separating. Oh, before I could even stomach the thought of separating or divorce. Divorce felt like such a failure that I didn't acknowledge the possibility even to myself for a year. Mm. It took that long to come to terms with the idea. Mm-hmm. But I finally did it. Mm-hmm. And then she writes, there's a scene in the Julia Roberts movie, Runaway Bride, where another character gives her grief about how she changed how she ate her eggs, depending on the man she was with. Mm. At the time it came out when I was in high school, I thought it was funny. I judged her as the viewers meant to Mm -hmm. thinking how capricious she was not to know how she liked her own eggs. Mm. Until one morning, newly separated, I went to make eggs and I was faced with the horrifying reality that I had also gotten in the habit of eating fried eggs because that was my ex's preferred way of eating them. So I'd just make them that way. But what if my true preference was for scrambled or poached? Mm -hmm. How could I not know? How had I gotten to the place where I had no idea how to cook my eggs? where I'd been so evacuated and a face that my preferences were invisible to me. Wow. I'm going to call this one Catherine because Catherine is a Catholic, very Catholic name. <laughs> All right. Catholic Catherine. Catholic Catherine. Okay. Um, you are Catholic guilt personified in this letter. <laughs> like yes. there's just nothing but guilt and guilt with every single line of this letter. Um, I was not raised Catholic. Uh, my father was raised Catholic, but I was raised uh, I was raised in a Pentecostal church and there was a lot, uh, I felt a lot of guilt for a lot of things um, that I believed or, or just how I felt even when I was a child. Um, the one thing I will say is to not beat yourself up. You are a woman who likes men who grew up in the Western world and you were taught before you were even cognizant of it to mold and morph and shape your identity to other people in the room. You were indoctrinated to believe that the world would be safer if you just subsumed your desires for a man's protection and his and his love and desire and all those other things. You were indoctrinated to believe because of also capitalism that if you made yourself smaller and you bought the right makeup and you talked a certain way, that you will have a quicker trajectory to the things that you want. And now you're realizing that all of that is bullshit. And that is where you get free, right? So what I would suggest for you to do, Catherine, is to one is to one of these days, if you feel like you've lost yourself, to sit down and write a love letter to yourself. To just sit and say, dear Catherine, or whatever your legal name is, what are all the things that you love about yourself? Remember that. Think about the stuff. I, I do this all the time. I lo- I think about the stuff I liked as a kid. Like last night, 
I watched Casper because when <laughs> I was a kid, I loved Casper. I loved the I loved the soundtrack and how dreamy it was. I love you know, the way this, the movie taught me about grief and connection and being a child and learning things too at an age that you're not supposed to know them as and loss. And we got to feed our inner child. So the next time you drive past McDonald's and you're like, you know what? I remember when I used to like a Happy Meal. Go get yourself a Happy Meal. Or things that just make you happy. But be kind to yourself. Like that that realization um that you know you were in the kitchen and you were making a fried egg because you realized that's what your um your ex liked um i want you to i want to applaud you for that because that takes so much self-awareness um and also like how do i put this once you have that awareness it's like cold water to the face and now that you're aware of it, now you're going to start remembering who you are and evolving. So write that letter. Remember your childhood childhood self. Everybody has it. And I don't know how old you are, but you're in your 30s, right? If you need to get regenerated of what you remembered as a kid, there's this Instagram page called like 90s Kid. I'm telling you, you just flip through those reels, you'll remember what you used to like. And I want you to indulge in that. And also, moving forward, I hate to give hard no's, but do not ever base life decisions on trying to prove other people wrong. <laughs> like, the, the fact of the matter is... Five minutes after people say that shit to you, they don't care. They're going to go on about their lives and pay a bill. They're not waiting by the phone to say, I told you so. They're adults too. So you become fearless and bold even when you don't feel the way on the inside. Project that bravado until it it sinks into the grooves of your body. And don't care so much about what other people think. Because the fact of the matter is... If somebody's not in the bed with you or they're not paying your bills, then they don't get to have a say on anything that happens in your life. If they especially if no one's paying your bills. And I that's, would on, just that's say, on period. <laughs> yeah, I would just say nobody gets to have a say in your life, yeah. regardless. <laughs> that was always an old auntie saying in my part. It's in where I grew up. Like, if you're not doing this yeah. or that, then you don't get that. But you know what I mean. Like, you get to decide. Um, and also you're in your thirties. Like you really, this is the time where you really start to not give a damn. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a great time. (laughs) I also think it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to not know what you, you want. Right. Like, because what you want changes, right? Right. Right. And, and I think it's okay to like, be like, I used to eat hard boiled eggs. Now I like them over easy. Right. And now I'm going to like them fried with mayo on a bagel. Like it's okay to change. And I think that's the thing too implicit in a lot of these stories that I hear. It's just like, you know, we change people change. That's okay. But that's the thing. But, 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 Sometimes religion doesn't teach us that. It teaches us it's either either or black, white, yes, no, and it's calcified in stone. And that's not how human life is. Like, uh, Catherine, you might like fried eggs because fried eggs taste good. And your ex might have introduced that to you and you might just like it. Me, I can go for a fried egg. I can go for scrambled eggs. I can go for eggs benedict. I can go for omelet. Like, eggs are very versatile too. So just remember that you could be all the things and you could have all the emotions, even contradictory ones. And that still doesn't mean you're, that doesn't mean you're unraveling as a human being. On the contrary, it means you're being more human. So just remember that. I think there is something so, like, wise to what you just said about, like, about, like, that from an early age, we're taught to to not be our full selves when we walk into a room, to yeah. put on makeup, to put on an outfit that we don't want to wear, to like stand quietly and yeah. behave and to make ourselves smaller and to be better behaved so that we'll get what this life. And then when we get this life, this life is disappointing and ugly and small and mean and we want more and I think it's okay to want more and 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 I think it's also okay to be like 
wow, I tried really hard to do it the right way and it sucked and and now I want something different. I think that's okay. It is. And also, last point, I just remembered this while you were talking. Catherine, divorce is not a failure. Every relationship has expiration date. Either you break up or somebody dies. And that's and that's not even I'm not even saying that to be like an asshole, but it's every relationship has an expiration date. You made the decision at the time that you had with the information that you had to marry this person. Just because it ended doesn't mean that it's a failure. It was a phase of your life that you decided to end because you chose yourself. You did not stay married because you wanted to maintain your network of friends. You didn't stay married because it felt like it gave you more value as a woman in religious circles, which it often does. You chose yourself and that's a celebration in and of itself. So you could celebrate the end of a relationship also celebrating this new part of your life, which is you. Yeah. I hate when people say divorce is a failure. You had a failed marriage. That's that's not, no, I don't believe in that. Yeah. It's like, it's not, a, it's not a, Excuse, it's not a fucking test. It's not like, okay, I'm going to grade you an A, B, or C, or D, or scale of one to like 100. Who the fuck are you to tell me that I failed at something? It's life. Like, like, we get one life, and we don't know how long we get it for. It's like my friend Anna always says, life is not a game of chicken. Like, you don't have to go head forward until somebody else blinks first. Like, get the hell out no, of there. No, you don't like, have to do any of that. And You the, can the, do what you want. And, yeah, and the fact of the matter is, is that it, you can leave when you want to leave. And if, some, and if you go apart, you go apart. But I don't like treating human relationships as failures. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I liked what you said about, like, maybe her ex taught, you know, like, gave her the gift yeah. of, like, learning how she likes eggs. And yeah. I think of, I think a lot about, like, the different very short relationships I've had since uh, my divorce ended. And they haven't lasted very long, mostly because I'm, like, completely intolerant of <clears throat> bullshit. And I'm just so happy Amen. by myself that, like, I'm like, it. You know, if it's not going to be what I want, then I don't want you here. Um, But I do think about, like, the little things I've learned, right? Like, the photography tips from the one guy. Or, like, the really great, you know, like, in at the restaurant from the other guy. Or, like, you know, just, like, or, like, some movies from these other... And men always think they know good movies. But a couple of them actually do. But you know what I mean? Like, all these things. And it's, like... Oh, these like brief human connections were not failures. That's what I'm saying. They're not failures. Some things are meant to be brief. And I mean, I said the amen back there because I'm just like, once you become intolerant of bullshit, like yeah. it just it just makes everything that much better, right? It does. And so, it does. and then once you become intolerant of that reader, you uh, excuse me, Catherine, you will Catherine. be less self conscious about what friends think. Mm. and especially what men think moving forward you will not you will give way less of a damn once you become intolerant of bullshit and you remember the stuff that you like trust me and then you'll invite other great people into your life once you do that okay maureen you are gonna love this next letter and by love it i mean hate it because (laughs) (laughs) because i think it i i picked it because i think it so perfectly articulates the small things that break us in relationships oh lord here we go oh here we go um and this one really this one really made me sad um okay so uh our our anonymous letter writer says the moment i knew my marriage was truly over was my birthday things had been great for months covid had exposed many of the underlying issues we'd ignored for years My husband's birthday is a few months prior, and though things weren't good between us, I still did all the birthday things. I got him gifts I thought he'd like and bought a cake for our family celebration. Mm -hmm. By my birthday, we'd been in couples counseling for a few months and things weren't improving. Mm -hmm. I think we both knew it was ending, but neither of us had called it yet. Mm -hmm. My birthday was on a school day, work day. I tried to take my birthday off from work, so I had plans to go for a hike and meet a friend for lunch. Mm -hmm. My husband suggested I open my presents in the morning before he took the kids to school. Mm -hmm. The three small gifts were terrible, presents you'd give a stranger. Mm -hmm. But my ex was never good at giving gifts, so that wasn't a surprise. Mm -hmm. The, The friend I was meeting had just had a baby less than a week before my birthday. 
I was bringing her lunch while she was on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. I cried to her about how bad things were in my marriage and how I wasn't sure things could get better. And she surprised me with a tiny cake. She had asked her mother-in-law to watch her newborn so she could get me a cake. Oh, my goodness. What a good Oh, my God, my mouth. I know. I know. But wait, there's more. So, our letter writer writes, I went home later that afternoon bringing the leftover cake with me. I did things around the house and then picked up my kids before dinner. My kids were already excited because birthdays mean cake. That's all that mattered to them. After dinner, my husband asked, who wants cake? And he pulled out the leftover cake my friend had made. I remember saying something like, oh, we're having that cake? There's not much left. And he replied that he saw it in the fridge, so he didn't need to run out and get something. Can I go now? Go. Go for okay, it. Okay, so, oh my God. So, you know, uh, let's call this reader Jasper. Jasper, um, your story reminds me of this TikTok um videos like stitch videos that have been going around and Mm -hmm. this the the originator was talking about the extra labor that female friends have to do for women in relationships with men that do not hold up their end of the bargain and one of the anecdotes that she shared was birthday so i'm running this back because my mind was racing um so you mean to tell me that you had a friend that was one week postpartum that means She's still bleeding and she's very hormonal. She probably doesn't even know what day it is, but she remembered your day though. And she had her mom come in to watch her one week old baby. Baby can't even hold his head up yet to go get you a cake. Make, make, yeah, make, make a cake. Make a cake. Make With a cake. With her hands. With her hands. With her, and, that, and that's bending down. That's You got to wait for that shit. Bacon is not like cooking. Um, so you left him, right? She left, she left him. Yeah, she left. Yeah, that, and this is what me and Liz talked about <laughs> off the recording is the things called small cruelties. Mm-hmm. It's not always the big stuff, right? Like, uh, like physical abuse or cheating. It's the small cruelties that just add up. It's like death by a thousand cuts. The also another thing I heard that I'll never forget someone saying. I don't know if it was a man or one, but whatever, it still sticks. Is men don't like to be the bad guy. Men mm-hmm. want to be the good guy relationship, so they won't pull the trigger on a relationship because they'd rather you do it so that they don't seem bad in their eyes. I think your ex, which I'm so glad is an ex. Yeah, praise, is, praise God. Because praise I know God. for a fact that he was negligent in other areas besides your birthday. He was. That wasn't the only thing. He was negligent other ways. But the thing is, is that I, I'm always astounded. And I was a, I, I grew up in a single parent household. I am astounded by the shit that men get away with when they are married. The shit that, that women let men slide with. Like, it's somebody's birthday. You could have went to fucking Carvel and bought one friendlies and bought a nice good ass ice cream cake and i know you can because i used to buy when i was young you could have bought that you could have he could have got you a drew barrymore air fryer or he could have gotten you like a gift certificate to the nearby nail salon there were so many things he could do and the fact that he has married you he knows that that's weaponized incompetence too they mm. know that they could do these things they just choose not to do it because they expect you or in this case, your friends to pick up the slack. He took uh, you for granted. I don't even have to think about that. I, I can't even imagine the ways he probably was negligible to you, to your children, to the upkeep of that household. And I'm so glad that you got up. But many men are like that. I once wrote a story. It was in BuzzFeed. It was about women who are the breadwinners and men that are not. And I'm just going to say this. I don't mind women being the breadwinners. That's not the point. What I have an issue with is when I hear a story of a woman that makes $300,000 a year and the man makes only a sixth of that and he won't even do the kid's laundry and he won't even make the food for their special needs kid. So the special needs kid only watches his mother 
make the food while his dad is nowhere in sight. What does that tell the child then? Why are you here? Because it's not even about money at that point. A relationship is about an investment in all facets. The bigger your house grows, the more you have to put an investment in it to maintain. And your ex, he's probably going to find somebody else. But don't worry. This one will be less will be less dismissive of him doing that. Because a lot of these men, truth be told, they only want to get married because they need another mother. They don't want to get married. You reminded me of what you said earlier where like men won't get out of the relationship. They don't want to get out of it. And Morgan is right. That Morgan is right. That's held up by statistics. 70% of divorces are initiated by women. But I think one of the reasons men will not initiate a divorce is because when it is bad for a woman, it is bad for her on so many levels. But when it's bad for a man, he's still getting his needs met. He's still getting food. Exactly. He's still getting his laundry I, I, done. He still comes home yes, to a clean house yes, every night. Yes, like, yes, it's would, not that bad for no, that guy. No, it's not. Listen, let me tell you something. You know what? I'm about to just tell my story real quick, Jasper. Jasper, I was in a relationship with a man where not only was I the breadwinner, but I was the main cook in that, that at home. I was every Sunday, six hours pretty much of strategic planning, making homemade dressings, making fucking Cornish hens and lobster bisques and all types of food so that every single time when my ex went to class, all he had to do was open the goddamn refrigerator and pull out a container or a mason jar and be on his way. That's all he had to do. And, and I remember when I moved back to New York a couple months ago. Well, I moved back to New York last year, but a couple months ago, I'm standing at the bus stop and this older black woman sitting next to me. She's like, I had no idea. Like she thought I was younger because of my face. And she was like, you look like you look like you take good care of yourself. I said, like, yeah. She's like, you look like a man isn't dragging you down. Because there's something that women say in my community, Jasper, I'm black. Is that sometimes when women leave relationships, you could tell the man that a number on them because they exhaust them so much physically and emotionally to leave that it takes so much to regenerate them, right? So where am I going with that? Because I'm going on, but I think what I'm just saying is I'm glad that you left. It would have gotten worse, yeah. Um, because once a man understands we can get away with the next birthday, he'll be like, okay, I'm not gonna give her anything because her friend got it. Her friend got it last time. That, and, and so so I'm happy that you left and I hope that, you know, the next time you date someone, if you want to live with someone again, if you want to marry again, you do not stand for that shit. The birthday is the bare fucking minimum. That's the bare minimum. <clears throat> I, I want to tell a little story okay. about yep. a date I went on recently where I I got, got on a couple dates with this person. It's going great. And uh, he was going to come over to my house because I was like, you know what? I'm tired. I've had a long day. I don't want to go be perceived in public. He's like, great. And I said, I want to cook because cooking for my children is sometimes a nightmare. And I wanted to make a recipe and I wanted to do it. And he was like, are you sure? He's like, I can come cook it. And I was like, no, I want to do it. He's like, okay. He's like, I can bring something. Do you want me to bring something? I'll bring. And I was just like. No, it's, it's fine. You know, and then I start doing that. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's my house. I, I, it's fine. It's fine. And, uh, so he said something about like, oh, just bring some, like he had some leftovers at his house and I got angry and I was texting my friends. I was like, why am I so mad? They're like, because you don't want leftovers. You want it to be special, but you're not telling him you want it to be special. You're making it sound low key and like everything is fine. So my Mm. friends were like, just tell him what you want. And I was like, okay. So I went back and I was like, you know what? I think you're great. I have nothing against leftovers, but it's special. This is like our fourth date. I don't want your leftovers in my home. <laughs> like I want it to be special. Oh my God. If you bring something and I was like, you know what I want? I want, when you show up, I want to feel special. That is what I want. And mm-hmm. do you know what he did? Mm-hmm. He came, he was like, great. He's like, do you have anything planned for dessert? No. He's like, okay, I got dessert and I'll make you feel special. Shows up a bunch of flowers, not like supermarket flowers. Like he had like taken the time to go to a florist Mm. and get flowers and like picked out the bouquet. 
and like had right. it made. I know that. And right. had it made. And then brought like a bunch of plums from his tree and all the ingredients Ooh. to make a dessert. Yeah. And I was and I was like it's not like these are simple things that took a little bit of planning but made me feel so special and I think there's that dynamic where I was just like I got into that mode where I was like it's fine it's fine I'll just take care of everything it's fine you know where it's hard to say what you want and I think you have to say what you want and give not the it, for Jasper Jasper was saying what Jasper wanted right like, this was not that's not but I do also think there is like if you can just say this is what I want and it gives them a chance to meet the occasion or not well, but like uh, yep. and then if not then listen you know then listen. you know but it's not like a secret match men's energy but also <laughs> like I, like it took me a long time it took me years of therapy therapy yeah. to be able to say what i wanted to anybody whether yes. it was dating or friends because i just was like it's again i grew up in a single parent household i saw my mom do everything so for me i was like i do everything and i and and it's hard to be like you know what i'm not so it's so good for you, Jasper, that you know what you want. But yeah, the next time, like this goes for anybody that's listening. When you're dating men, if you are unambiguous with your speech about what you want, see if they'll rise to the occasion. If they don't, give them the boot. Is it as simple as that? And I think it's so hard because we don't say what we want because we know our needs are not going to be met. And so we'd rather just be disappointed or get our needs met elsewhere than say what we want and have that break finally happened but I say right. let the break happen because what's on the other side as Jasper now knows is a lot of cake and a lot of really good sex oh amen well I was Which gonna is... say too like women <laughs> women are taught the scarcity model men are taught the abundance model women are taught this is as good as you're gonna get men are taught I can get somebody else anytime women you can it is first of all I heard a gay man told me this he actually said it on, on a video. It's not so hard to get a man. You know how easy it is to get a man? It's very fucking easy to get um, a man. But the fact of the matter is there are so many men out there. And I'm just, and I know I'm saying it because I live in New York, but it's like, there's a lot of men out there. And what I found that was really heartwarming when I really started to date and say what I wanted, I found men that straight up would say, I don't want to be a hookup. I'm looking to be with someone. I'm looking to find my person. As soon as I said, you know what? If I'm not going to go out on this date, which I'm going to let you know right up front. Like, I'm not looking for a hookup. So I'm not even going to say, I'm going to save, save your money. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, no, I actually don't want to hook up either. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, so I don't, I can go out. And I can get dressed then. Um, but yeah, it's just hard. Like, if you know deep down in your body, because your body will tell you before your mouth can. That if, if you know deep down in your body, this person's not going to beat my needs, leave. It's leave. Mm. Okay, we have this last letter that I want to get to because once again, it flows so perfectly okay. into what you're saying. You're okay. gonna love it. Okay. Um. Okay. So this letter writer says, "The moment I knew the marriage was over, we were having a fight in the car on the way to a family gathering at a family cabin about something dumb. We couldn't mm. stop fighting, and our teenage daughter piped up from the back seat." You're both wrong and both being assholes. You're always assholes when you fight with each other. Oh, my. And she was right. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot fight in front of the kids the way my parents used to. I can't keep pretending that I might someday. And here's where we take a little bit of a turn. Okay. <laughs> she goes, I can't keep pretending that I might someday want to have sex again with the man who never tried to give me an orgasm himself in the 26-year relationship. Oh. Because once in 1996, when I was a dumb feminist 23-year-old who'd never actually had good sex, I told him I had to take responsibility for my own orgasm. Oh, my. We are on a journey. Uh, we, we, are, are, we, are, we are. We are. We are. We are off we are off and we're <laughs> off and so then we continue um she she writes that's a two margarita story oh maybe the three margarita story hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <passed> out by- <laughs> I know three margaritas I'm not gonna do that I'm 40 how <laughs> uh, about one and a half <laughs> um 
I had one shot on Saturday night. We're recording on what is today, Wednesday. I still uh-huh. feel hungover. Oh, my anyway. God. <laughs> okay. But she goes, and then she goes, and when I said to him in couples counseling for our sexual issues, and when I told him that he expected me to do everything for him to please him and did nothing for me, mm. he said, but you told me you were responsible for your own orgasm. I mean, did he not think I might want to revisit that after 25 years? Mm -hmm. Did he not think it might be a generous or caring or loving or hot thing to do to at least try? Was I not worth him trying? Oh. Oh. It's a journey of a letter, yeah. Okay, we got to give a name to this one. Yeah, we need to give this person a name. And I, yeah. Okay, Sarah. Sarah. Okay, Okay, Sarah. She's Gen X. Sarah's yes, Gen Sarah, X. You okay. can feel it in her. Um, yeah, because, yeah, 23 and 96. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, a couple things. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, even the way you wrote how we fought over a dumb thing, it's never a dumb thing. It's never a dumb thing. You want to know why? Because that dumb thing is the culmination of other resentments that have built up over time. It's never just about the gas. It's never just about, you forgot to open my door. It's like, why are you not listening to me? Why are you not helping to validate me? Why are you not assuaging my fears? Why? Like there was some form of neglect. So it's not dumb. Right. Another thing I'll say, this is a side note. I cannot stand when kids try to get into grown folks talk. I really, <laughs> I, I just can't. And I'm old school in that way. Like if I'm having a conversation with your father and I'm arguing, like, to tell me I'm both, like, you're a child. Like, you don't understand that dynamic. At the same time, I get what a teenager's like, shut up already. I get that, too. It's like, that's enough. Like, shut up already, right? So I get both sides of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Sarah, when you ask the question about why was I worth not trying, Mm -hmm. it's never about your worth. It's never about your worth. Um, I thought the same thing in certain situations. Definitely not like this. But I thought, why was I not worth it? It's not about your worth. It was never about your worth. The fact that it matters is there are still men in relationships to this day that don't even know where the clit is. <laughs> that doesn't have to do... They might, they might love their woman to death. But their love does not include giving a woman an orgasm. And a woman has to decide whether or not that's a deal breaker. Like, for you, that might be the deal breaker. His love may not mean that. His love may be, well, I tell you you're beautiful every day. And I remember to do this for your birthday. And I do these all the small things. I write you letters. And you might be like, that's not enough for me. You still don't get me off. And that's okay, in my opinion. Like, that's okay. But I don't, I personally don't understand why a man would be like, okay, so 27 years ago, you said, I'm responsible for my own orgasm. But you don't think throughout almost three decades that a woman would change and evolve. Or that sex would change and evolve. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think for me, it's just like, I've never been with anybody since I was in my early 20s. But I would just feel like, I would think, especially, maybe men don't notice, but like, women go through a sexual peak in their 30s and 40s. So the things that she might have liked at 23 is not going to be the same thing she likes at 31, I'm sure. Right. So I'm, I think it's just like, what happened to like checking in and be like, what's going on? Like, I just, I don't know about your sex life, Sarah, but I just would feel like if I were a man, for example, let's just come, we're grown. Well, that's a good scenario. Like, every time we have sex, you roll over and like you use your vibrator to get yourself off. There's nothing inside you that says, hey, like, can I be involved in that? Or like, like, there's nothing that would, I, I but it's so normal, though. There are women in their 60s that are having an orgasm for the first time. I know. So that's why it's like, it's not about you. This is a cultural problem, Sarah. And it's a cultural problem that, unfortunately, men like your ex are in the norm. And that doesn't mean you're not worth it. I'm sure your ex really loved you and probably still does. But that was a way in which he did not question his masculinity and his role in participating in sex with another person. Yeah. 
I think, you know, I, 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 when you were just like, maybe he doesn't show his love through sex. I initially wanted to disagree with you a little no, you bit. Can disagree. I, you no, can disagree. no, but no, but I hear, I, I hear what you're saying in the sense that like, especially culturally, like we, you know, it's, it's really hard to get those cultural scripts out of your head, even oh, yeah. for men. Oh, and yeah. I have noticed in my dating life, you know, I think, I think I thought. I was just gonna out myself as a ridiculous person. I thought I'd be like, it would be so amazing to date like an older man. Oh. And then I and then I dated them and I was like, they don't care about my pleasure at all. They just want somebody to take care of them. And something about dating like younger men, and I think this is actually what gives me hope, is that like a lot of these like younger men raised by like Gen X moms or something are just like actually, I do care. Like, actually, I would love to, you know, like, let's explore sexuality and like, let's be fun and playful together. And it's like, it's, and I think the generational divide is so huge in that. But I, but I also think like, and you're right, like studies show there is an orgasm gap. And then like studies show that like, if a couple is having like tension, women will not have less sex but men will go down on their partners less like it's just like and it's so like these cultural scripts are really hard to get out of our head they're hard to break apart and I think you're picking up on like oh my god are we having empathy for a man here but like right like was there never a point in which he could have just had a conversation with his wife and said like hey like I want more too, cause what? Like, what are you doing? Just having the same boring sex right. for twenty six years? Right. Like, and also, I, I want to do say, something else. Well, I will say to your point, like, even if you want to disagree, I just thought of something. So I listened to like this kink podcast. It's called Mistress Mia's Dungeon, and she actually said this along with her other dom friend. Like, if you have a man that's not giving you orgasms, and I'm talking about like he is he's he's not he's neglectful of your needs in general then he's probably neglectful in other areas too there it is that's the thing i think like if you care like sex is hard and it's it's like we all come with a lot of baggage to it but like if you don't care about your partner you know what i dated this guy very briefly I was set up with a friend. He, when I asked him, I was like, why'd you get divorced? He was like, same reason you did. We just fell apart. And I was like, that's not exactly what happened. But I was like, okay. And then a couple- That's just flippant. Yeah. I was like, then a couple dates later when we slept together, he was just like totally dismissive of me and Ben was just like, he did his thing. He was done. And I, I got a little aggressive. I was like, what are you doing? Like, is this not? And he was like, oh, well- if you need something, you can figure it out. And I know we did it. He yes. did not say that. And I was like, and I said to him, I was like, oh, now I know why you're divorced. <laughs> I'm taking your goddamn wallet. <laughs> you kidding I'm me? Your wallet. If I can figure it out, I'm gonna figure it out with these bills in my hand. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> if you need, you can figure it out. This isn't the fucking '90s Nickelodeon show. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would have called my friend in the car and would have just been yelling and honking the whole ride home. Well, he was at my house, so I was like, you need oh, to go. You oh, gotta I go. I would have kicked him out so fast. I did. I was foot. like, leave. And then, but he texted me a couple days later to see if we wanted to get together. And I was like, no. no. I just said the word no. I would have been period. like. And he goes, oh, well, I guess people's like interests change. And I was like, no, it's it's because you were a jerk to me. And like. I have to be clear, like, I don't do this often, but in this case, I was like, no, no, you need to know there's a very specific reason. And it was because yes. you would not do this. Like, and you were a jerk. And you said, yeah, and I should have taken his wallet. I know. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> ethical robbing. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, and then he, and then he, like, the audacity messaged mess you a couple days to talk about. Oh, we're going to hang out again. Excuse me? <laughs> the audac- That's one thing. Men can have no money, but they will always have audacity. They can have nothing. They could be living out of a box. They can have no friends, 
No women, no job offers, nothing. But they will always have audacity. That's the one thing they have in perpetual supply. <laughs> I can't breathe. I can't breathe. It's just like, you know, I mean, look, there are some men who say Michael Douglas told Catherine Zeta-Jones that he was going to be the father of her children the first time he saw her. But that's Michael fucking Douglas. That's Michael Douglas. (laughs) (laughs) Just, yeah, just as long as you date men, you will find quite a few who are very, very bold, and you just wonder where the fuck did they come up with this thought? Like, why they think this was a good idea? You'll never know. You'll never know. I do. I mean, do we blame romance movies for teaching them this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if it's that. It's just like I like, like sometimes as like as a woman, I'm like. Why did you think this was okay? Or did you just say, you know, I'm going to go for it because the chances of me being called out on my shit are so low that I'll just do it. Well, there it is. Okay, because I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Morgan, I can't even tell you how wonderful this is. Um, This was fun. I think, um, gosh, I hope we do a second season because I need to bring you back for more Yes, I want to come back for Encore. (laughs) This American Ex-Wife is a podcast created by me, Liz Lenz, and Zachary Oren-Smith, who's never met a woman he hasn't told to talk more softly into the microphone. If you liked what you heard, you can buy my book, This American Ex-Wife, which will be published on February 20th, 2024. If you didn't like what you heard, you can buy the book for someone else. Pre-orders really help determine the success of a book, so you can pre-order the book through your local bookstore, bookshop.org, or wherever books are sold. And um, Zach, you know, the other day I was drinking a Snapple, it's that peach flavor Snapple, and uh, I, I opened it up and I looked at the top of the lid. And, and would you know what it said on that lid? What was that? It said, may the dresses we burn light the way. Thanks, the rogues. Shout out to the rogues. <laughs> Shout out to the rogues. Shout out to daddy rogues. He's the inspiration. <laughs>